You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to heart-to-heart chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Okay, friend, I was just on a Facebook Live the other day, and I was talking with a group of women, and we're talking about doing what the Bible says, which is all what Walk It Out podcast is about. It's about reading God's word. It's about doing what the Bible says, which is wonderful. God has wonderful things planned for us to do, things planned even before we were born. Um, And I just love that, how we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and he has good plans for us. The problem comes, so maybe you're like me, where those things, all the things we want to do become a burden to us, they become overwhelming, they become things on a to-do list, and we feel like we have to earn God's love. Now, I'm a very to-do list driven person, and so while I know that's how God made me, I have had to learn, and I'm still in the process of learning how to balance being the Mary sitting at God's feet, really spending time with him and also connecting with my family and being the Martha who is busy about many things. And so I'm so glad that in a little bit, we're going to be talking with my guest, Katie Reed, about this very thing, about really understanding who God made us to be and embracing that, but also understanding that we don't have to earn God's love. And I think it's important for all of us. Now, I love this quote by Katie. She says, grace is a gift to be received, not a prize to be earned. And so I hope that as we go through this conversation today, you will really walk away with a feeling that, yes, God made me to be this type of personality, but most of all, that grace is not a prize to be earned, but it's a gift to be received. And I pray that you will just embrace that gift today. Well, at on Walk It Out, I have a sweet friend with me, Katie Reed, and I am excited to talk about her new book, Made Like Martha. So Katie, welcome to Walk It Out. Thank you so much for having me, Tricia. It's exciting to be here. It's so fun to have you, and it's so fun to just get to chat with you. I, I love watching you online, like your little videos and stuff. So I'm like, oh, we get to converse. <laughs> we get to have a little conversation. You know, it's funny. It's like doing podcasts and stuff. It's like we get to talk more than we normally get to, you know, so it's, know. it's a fun thing. It is. Um, but for those who may not be familiar with you, just want to start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family. Sure. Well, I'm Katie Reed, and it's R-E-I-D, which does not follow the rules, you know? Isn't it the I before E, except after C? So it's very confusing. Um, But anyway, I am married to Adam, and as of a few days ago, he is now the lead pastor at our church. He was the youth pastor, and so we are kind of in a new season here. We have five kids, ranging from 2 to 14 the oldest and youngest are girls, and then we have three boys in the middle, and they are 
I always feel like this is a test. Do you feel like this with your kids? It's like, how old are my kids? <laughs> like what? Yes, exactly. What day, what time of the year is it? Who's has right. birthdays? All yes. that. So 12, 10, and five. And our fourth child we adopted. So you and I share adoption, adoptive mama's hearts as well. And we live in the middle of Michigan. So it's nice. We got the wood fire going and, you know, I got my fleece on. <laughs> It's, yeah, which I'm in Little Rock, and if it gets like below 40, we're like, oh my goodness, when's it going to warm up? <laughs> we freeze if we have to put a coat on. Like, we don't understand it at all. I get it. Well, I don't. But well, we, we lived in Arizona for a little bit, so it was like sunny almost every day, which was like a phenomenon to me. I'm like, like if the sun, you know, isn't out here, it's usually not out for the whole day. But there, it would be like, it might be cloudy for like an hour, and then the sun would come up and I or come out, and I loved that. Yeah, it is nice. And I, we can't pass over this part about your husband now being the head pastor. I mean, that are you both like excited and nervous about that? Absolutely. You know, and our church is not enormous, but there's still great, you know, work to be done. Adam actually grew up in this church. And so it's God kind of took us on this journey and then brought us back here. And we're excited. But one day I just told the senior pastor's wife, you know, the other day I said, you know, I walked into the bedroom the other day and I said, I am no Randy. That's the pastor's wife's name. And he said, well, I'm no Dan, you know, and, but we're like, but I think that's okay. You know, but they're just so exemplary, you know, so we definitely are depending on the Lord and excited for what's ahead and a little nervous. Yeah. I, <laughs> that's so special that it's the church he grew up in too. I mean, I just have like a special place in my heart for the churches I grew up in and I'm able to visit like when we're in the area. So that is so cool. Well, thanks. Yeah, it is a journey and an adventure for sure. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about your book, Made Like Martha. Good news for the woman who gets things done. And I have to say, when I first saw the title, I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes, let's talk about this. Because, I don't know, I think you and I are kind of alike on loving all the boxes to check and all the getting things done. But I would just love to hear your heart about why you wanted to write this book. Well, you know, there's lots of books and sermons and articles written about Mary and Martha, right? And I've always loved this story, but I've had kind of like a love-hate relationship with it because I so identified with Martha that, you know, Jesus corrects Martha in Luke 10, 38 through 42. And I don't know about you, but you know, I don't love to be corrected. I love to do things the right way the first time. I love to meet and exceed expectations. And so the story, I loved it because I felt like there was a woman like me they were talking about and I could identify with her, but I didn't love that Jesus corrected her. I kept wanting that story to turn out differently, but the more I read it, it kept saying the same thing. But God took me on this journey and he showed me some things about Martha that I had overlooked. Or he also showed me things that maybe I had added to the story or other people had added to that weren't really there. And so I wanted to dive in and kind of see, you know, what was God's heart to Martha and those of us that are made like her? Absolutely. So when you first started looking at Martha, I mean, I think we all kind of have the same stories that we've heard in the the same sermons that we heard. So how were you able to kind of like push those things to the side and just like look at the scripture for what it's Well, it was, 
it was a journey for a lot of my life. You know, I was a Christian since I was four years old. You know, I asked Jesus in my heart a couple more times just for good measure. Isn't that like an overachiever? It's like it wasn't necessary for salvation, but I just kept asking just to, you know, make sure I could check that box off. But um, not that our salvation is just a box to check, but you know what I mean. So, but yeah. I knew I was saved by grace through faith in Christ, but I lived differently than that. I lived like it was up to me to keep God happy, to keep him loving me. And so I would wear myself out trying to do all these things, trying to do everything perfectly. I'm a recovering perfectionist, a one on the Enneagram, and I just was trying to get it all right. And it was exhausting. I mean, my shoulders were tense. They still are. I still struggle with that. My chiropractor told me the other day, he's like, you carry your stress in your shoulders. I'm like, you, you think? How do you know? <laughs> but um, so I... I knew I was saved by grace, but I was trying to, it was actually pretty legalistic living. I was trying to do all these things to keep God happy and to make other people like me. And one day I was talking to my friend, fellow author, Jamie Amarine, and she was telling me about how she had kind of stumbled into the good news of grace. Now I'd heard about grace. I, you know, I would say, oh yes, grace, great, you know, but I really wasn't living like it. And so God gave me this picture in my mind. Now, even though I'm a Martha, I am not a very tidy housekeeper. I enjoy my house clean, but it does not give me life to clean it. And I like to be creative. So I'm sitting at my desk even right now and there's piles and it's just, you know, a creative wonder. But I was in my mind's eye, I was cleaning frantically because company was going to come over. And so I'm dusting, which I don't usually do. And I'm trying to declutter. And then all of a sudden, again, this was kind of a vision in my head, uh, in my mind's eye, I look and there mm -hmm. is Jesus sitting on a lazy boy of all things, reading the newspaper. And he reminded me, Katie, I live here. I'm family to enjoy and I'm not company to impress. And in that moment, God, it was like the light bulb went on. My foggy thinking cleared. And I was like, oh my goodness, I have been living like Jesus is out there and I've got to impress him versus enjoying him living in the home of my heart. And it was a game changer. And then I started wondering, maybe Jesus was telling Martha something similar, not necessarily to stop doing. And that's, you know, cause I think he was, she was designed that way by God to serve and to do, but mm -hmm. was he inviting her to not strive and wear herself out, but to serve from a place of strength by knowing that she was family, not a slave to a tyrannical master. Oh, I love that so much. And there's two like specific times I can think of in my own life where I kind of felt God tell me kind of the same thing. And one is I would wake up and I only had three kids at the time. <laughs> so I would, you know, wake up a little bit early and I have my quiet time and I just would, you know, had my Bible reading plans and my devotional books and like, I'd have everything like checking off my boxes in the morning. And I just remember one day as I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, I'm um, read three chapters of the Bible, check, read my devotional books, check, wrote my journal, check. And I felt like God just saying to my spirit, okay, have you learned enough about me? Are you ready mm. just to spend time with me? And I almost like pictured, it wasn't like a lazy boy, but almost like him sitting on the couch, like, when is she going to get tired of just learning something else? <laughs> just like spend time with me. And that was definitely like one 
moment. And another was after we've adopted seven kids, just, I mean, the messes added on and built up and just be so overwhelmed. I remember one day just like standing in the middle of the laundry room and like, you're, I'm not even touching the floor. Like there's piles of laundry and I can't even touch the floor with my feet because there's so much laundry and just being so overwhelmed. And God saying like, I love you just as much as if this laundry room was all the laundry done than like these piles here. And I think those are messages that we need to hear because I think so many times we want to have our act together. We Like you were saying, like we want to do all the things and make God happy, but he's just saying, I am right here. Like I am with you. I love how you said like I, he's, you know, he's with us. He's part of the family. He's not surprised by our clutter desk, <laughs> which I have a clutter destiny before me right now too. Um, and I just love that so much. Well, I think it gave me so much freedom, you know, to realize like, salvation is not up to me. And it sounds so dumb mm-hmm. to say it out loud. It's like, well, duh. But I was living, living as if it were, you know, I was taking the weight of the world on my shoulders and also trying to take responsibility for people and things that maybe he never asked me to. And I was just being crushed under the weight of it. And honestly, I was not very fun to be around either because I was a grouch. You know, it's like I was trying so hard to be holy, but in Christ, we already are because of what he has done. And sure, we grow and our faith grows and all those things, but his love is not hinged on whether our laundry room's clean or not, or even if I was grouchy or not. His love was settled on the cross. And, you know, for someone growing up in the church and being a Christian for a long time, it was just, it was just a real pivotal moment. And at first I felt foolish. Like, why did it take me so long, you know, to understand that grace is a gift to be received. It's not a prize to be earned. And I remember talking to my friend Jamie too, and she felt that way, kind of embarrassed. Like, how did we miss like the main part of the gospel? But I think sometimes God allows us to walk through things so that we have empathy for other people. I mean, I have such a passion to help see other people walk in that same freedom and not just be hunched over from all that, you know, I got to do this, I got to do this, or, you know, God's going to strike me down if I don't. That attitude is just exhausting. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we talk about in um, one of the chapters, um, chapter three on these shoulders, it talks about not mine to carry. And, you know, we even um, play God in other people's lives. And I remember there'd be times like one of my best friends was going through a divorce or she was talking about getting a divorce and they eventually did. And I just felt like if I can figure out the one thing to say that will like change her mind and make her turn her heart back to her husband. And it like looking back now, how foolish, like there's, you know, there were two people and they were definitely running away from each other, running away from God in that moment. And how could I have like stepped in and come up with the perfect word? I think we just try to carry these things, whether it's the clean house or other people's relationships or all these things. And, you know, like you were saying, it's not ours to carry. It's, it's a burden that's too big for us. Yeah. And our shoulders weren't meant for it. You know, I think about Jesus carried all of our sin, past, present, and future on his shoulders. And, you know, before he went to the cross, you know, he said, God, if there's any other way, you know, so even for the savior of the world, it was, a huge task, but only he, you know, a sinless, sinless Jesus was able to do that. And the good news is we don't have to do that. It's too much for us. And he did it for us. And so, you know, in the book, we just, my prayer 
ever since you know we started is just that would people would be set free the captives would be set free and sometimes when you've been in the church for a while you've been a christian for a while sometimes you don't know that you're bound in areas um and i just want to see especially women that identify with martha there's nothing wrong with being made like martha jesus pointed out one thing she needed to work on he didn't tell her that you know martha you're bad he said martha this area mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. you don't have to live worried and distracted there's a better way yeah and i know like you know what with seven kids in the house they're always like look at her look what she's doing <laughs> i mean we're all they're always pointing out each other's faults and i'm i do i'm quick to do that too like when i feel like i'm doing something wrong or i need to change it's like well what about her and i think that's what martha was doing with mary it's like let's not think about how i need to change or how even martha needed jesus like let's figure out that's what's right. wrong with my sister <laughs> And I think sometimes it like takes attention off of us. And so I'm sure something was even stirring in Martha's heart to, to like all of a sudden like, well, look right, at what Mary's right. doing. Absolutely. So how did you start to look at that story differently and just look at Martha differently as you were going through the process well, of writing this book? So we're really, you know, a lot of us are familiar with the story of Mary and Martha, but there's more passages about this um, Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus. And there's a verse that even says, Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus. And for so long, I felt like because he corrected Martha, like he didn't like her as much or something like that. But so I saw like right in scripture, Mm -hmm. it says he loved them. And I'm sure these siblings were as different as lots of siblings are, you know, I think Martha was more wired to do projects and then Mary was probably more people oriented. And I'm not quite sure about Lazarus. I didn't study him, but Jesus loved each of them individually and collectively too. Um, And one breakthrough that God gave is taking me back in Genesis, you know, when Satan comes to Eve and says, did God really say, you know, not to eat from this fruit? So he's causing her to doubt, right? Which it would be easy if we're made like Martha Mm -hmm. to doubt God's love. The other portion of that is that then Eve adds to what God says. She said, you know, we can't even touch it, which is not what God said. You know, she added this to it. And I think women that are made like Martha, women that are go-getters, you know, sometimes we can kind of add rules to the rules. Do you know what I mean? Because we want it to be just so. (laughs) And so God began to show me, like, I told Martha she didn't need to be worried and distracted. I didn't say there's something wrong with being a doer. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my goodness, God hasn't asked me to be Mary. He's asked me to be Martha like he designed, but he wants me to live as a daughter, not a slave, as a doer. And so I used to think I just need to be Mary because she was the poster child for getting it right. But ever since I've been little, I have been wired to be someone that gets things done, that manages projects. And um, I used to try to like shed the skin of my efficiency because of this one passage. And I think the enemies kind of had a heyday, like making women that are doers feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Now, hear me. There's a time for rest. There is time to spend with the Lord. That is a gift. But I really think what God, I propose in the book, what he was getting at is, are you living as a daughter? Or are you trying to earn your place? And another word for the hired help mentality could be the orphan spirit or an outlook of poverty, you know, kind of thinking it's all up to me. You know, if I don't act right, I'm going to lose my place. 
um, you know, that mindset. And so I propose maybe Martha was living with that hired help mentality of like, it's all up to me. I've got to do it. I've got to have everything just so. And I think as we see later on in scripture, you know, when Lazarus, their brother is dead in the grave and Martha comes to Jesus and said, Lord, you know, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died, you know, and they have this sweet exchange where Jesus reveals his true identity to Martha. And I believe he loved her. He wanted her to know that she was secure in him, even if the dishes weren't done, you know, even if she blew it or lost her cool or was irritated with Mar- or with Mary. And so I think just realizing like, God disciplines those he loves. And sometimes discipline does not feel loving at the time, but to recognize Jesus loved Martha. He loves us that are made like her and he loves those that are made like Mary. And some of us have tendencies of both, but that a correction doesn't mean rejection. Mm, And I love that. And it's over and you talk about in the book, it's like an invitation too. He was inviting Martha to fellowship with him. And then I love, like, he revealed himself to Martha. You're talking about, you know, before he uh, raised Lazarus, he was, like, revealing himself even more. And I think when we are, and we don't know, like, what happened in between there. Like, we don't know the conversations they could have. But um, obviously, like, he wanted Martha to know him and know him deeper. And he had that invitation. And I, I love that, that. It's not like you're right. you're doing things wrong. Just get out of my face. <laughs> it's like, come closer. I have so much for you. And then later we even see that he reveals who he is. And I just, I just love that. It's like, he's always wanting us to know him and know more of him. Yeah. I think the other thing too, for those of us that are doers is, you know, I used to think, and again, having quiet time in the morning is not a bad thing, but I used to think like, if I didn't have an hour long quiet time, you know, the day was shot. And God was just reminding me of like, he lives in the home of our hearts. So whether we're sitting Mm -hmm. or sleeping or frantically getting stuff done, he remains. It's not like he's only in the quiet time. You know, I think about that book, Practicing the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. And he was this monk that would connect with God while he was doing the dishes. Well, a lot of us can relate to that. We spend a lot of time there. And just that God is with us. Our soul can be at rest in who we are and who God is, even when our hands are busy. That doesn't mean we don't ever take a break. But I think when you live a busy life, you can feel like I've got to get to that, you know, one day of silence before the Lord, or I've got to get to this blissful state. And that's just not a reality that happens hardly ever to me. And so our spiritual walk is an ongoing throughout the day. And I think it hinges on, do we know who God is and who we are in light of him, that we're loved, that we don't have to earn our place, that it's a gift and we're secure in him. And I love that because, I mean, you have five kids and I have seven still at home and it's not like we're going to have all these hours and hours of quiet all the time. And I, you know, I always get to it when, when I'm busy, often I'll feel God saying, are you doing what I asked you to do? And I'm like, look around. Yeah, I'm loving these kids. Like we're, you know, we're caring for them. Then it's like, it's okay. Like I feel that his pleasure in that. So I think his pleasure isn't just from that quiet time. Right. Um, And we definitely need it. Like I need the quiet time. I need to be renewed. But that's not the only time during the day when when God is pleased with us. Um, And it's so good. Like we are doing the things he's called us to do. We're caring and loving for people. And that does get us busy at times. Yeah. You know, a couple summers ago, 
we had moved, you know, about a half an hour away, which actually you'd think that would be easier than we've moved across the country before, but it actually was harder because we had to take about 20 trips. We should just rented a U-Haul, but we didn't. And it just, <laughs> I mean, we were so exhausted and my husband, you know, we were doing VBS and we were moving and then we hosted a reunion for, with our college friends. And I kept thinking we must've been doing something wrong. I'm like, this is just too busy. And I felt the same thing that God said, I might have written this busy summer for you. Are you okay with that? You know, or he said, I did write this busy summer, you know? And so it was like, okay, even in the busyness, he can sustain us. And I don't believe that he wants us to be running ragged and just completely worn out and depleted, but there are seasons or there of life or seasons during the year where that might be the case. And to recognize that we're still loved, you know, it doesn't mean we're out of his will with what we're doing. I think that's a great point that you made. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's talk about practical things um, because we are still busy <laughs> and we do still need to connect with God. So what encouragement do you, have, do you have for women who also may be made like Martha just to feel that peace and feel that grace um, even in their busyness? Well, a couple things come to mind um, just with, you know, spending time in the word. I am better at, you know, studying God's word than I am at praying. And so I learned this trick through inductive Bible study where, you know, if you read a passage, maybe you mark the keywords. Like I usually do God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. So if any of the parts of the Trinity are in that passage, I'll just make a note of what I learn about, let's say God, you know, if we're doing Genesis 1-1, what do I learn about God? Well, he's the creator. He calls his creation mm-hmm. good. Well, then I can turn this list into a prayer. God, thank you that you're creator. Thank you that you make good things. And so it's kind of like a two for one, which is busy women. You know, I'm making this list, which lists make me happy, but then I can also turn that into (laughs) worship and just thank God that he's creator or flip on a song while I'm, you know, doing the dishes about God being the creator. And um, it can help focus my mind and also, you know, I don't have right now two hours in my day where I can study the Bible, but that doesn't mean I shouldn't do it, right? I can take five minutes, 10 minutes at the beginning of the day and then, you know, put up a verse by the sink, you know, and just meditate on that as I go about my day. Um, Some other things come to mind is sometimes we're made like Martha. We do have a tendency to say yes to maybe too many things. And so one freeing thing that God is helping me with is, I want to say yes to his assignments, period. Now, sometimes those assignments can be hard. You know, they could not always be, yay, so fun. But I want to say yes when he asks me to, right? But I want to say no to guilt and manipulation. There's so many times where I've said yes to things just to look good or because I felt like I should or because I didn't have the discipline to say no. But if God hasn't asked me to do them, I want to say no and have the freedom to do that. And then the third one is help. We want to say help because it's a good thing, even though it's a hard thing for women like us. And help Asking for help is a hard thing, I think, in our current society as well, because a lot of people look at it as weakness or like we're taking advantage. But learning to do that helps other people grow and it helps us grow. And God has um, created us to be in community. And if we're trying to do it all ourselves, it's robbing other people of the opportunity to help out. You know, some of my kids weren't feeling good, and my mother in law just made some chicken chili and brought it over. It's like, you know, 
it can be kind of humbling, but it was such a gift. And she was blessed to be able to help us. And, um, you know, delegating also is not a weakness. There can be wisdom. I mean, if I didn't, you know, have my kids help me out with anything and I just did everything around here, like I wouldn't be able to function. I wouldn't have enough energy. But as, you know, they're learning to help out and do those things, they might not do it perfectly. They might not do it how I want to, but I'm making room so that they can step up and help out as well. Yeah, that's such a good point because it is sometimes we want to even go back after them after they do their chores or whatever. But I always tell them and I tell myself, like, I'm raising adults like they are going to be adults someday that are going to have to care for themselves. And if I'm just doing all the things for them, it's not helping them at all. And then I love what you said about being willing to let others help you. And that is so hard for me. Um, Last year, so almost uh, last Thanksgiving, my grandma broke her back. So it's been over a year ago. And I remember just, I was getting up with her five times a night because I was having to care for her and she was in a back brace and potty chairs and all the stuff. And people would call and like, do you need me to bring dinner? And I'd be like, no, no. At first, like the first time I'm like, wait a minute. Yes, that would be so helpful because I'm exhausted caring for my grandma who lives with us and all the kids. And I think that season was like God telling me, you need to ask for help. It's okay to accept help. Um, And then even um, in the middle of it, one of my friends did a GoFundMe to help provide a caregiver Mm. to come in and help me. And at first I'm like, I don't know if I should accept this, you know, but it was like, let people love you, let people help you. And it just made me realize like, we're all part of a body. And there's sometimes when we need to be the ones helping someone else, but there's sometimes when we just need to be the ones that accept help. And that was such a huge gift. Like once that caregiver started coming in and the weight was off my shoulders, I realized how much I really needed my friends and family like to pull yeah. in and help me in that Well, way. and I think too, it's modeling for your kids that you're not superwoman, that you have your limits and that it's okay, you know, to accept that. It's hard to humble ourselves and do that. I think especially when we're strong and capable women that people are used to relying on and then to rely on others can be a really vulnerable feeling. But I think it's just such a beautiful picture of Christ's body and how he wants it to be. Um, anyway, I'm glad you accepted the help. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Once, but it, I love how you said it's a vulnerable thing because that's what it felt like. It felt like, what? I'm like, I need help. <laughs> this is like such a weird feeling. But I, I totally looking back this season, that was exactly like the lesson that God mm. was teaching me during that season. Well, Katie, I just appreciate you so much, and I appreciate this book. I think um, it is such a huge blessing to so many people, and I've I've noticed online people like best books that they've read during the year, and I've seen a couple places where your book was mentioned. So um, for anyone out there that just feels like they do feel that struggle of trying to just make God happy, even though they know they need to accept grace, um, definitely pick up Made Like Martha by Katie Reed and R-E-I-D, as you mentioned, is how her name is spelled. So Katie, where can people find you online if they just want more information? Well, if they go to Katie M, M is in Martha, Katie M Reed.com, um, they can find all sorts of resources there, some of my music, articles. And then if you go to madelikemartha.com, you can find out more about the book and where you can 
purchase it. And there's also a sneak peek of chapter one um, that people can access at madelikemartha.com. I'm also Katie M. Reed on Facebook. And then on Instagram and Twitter, it's Katie underscore M underscore Reed. And would love to connect and encourage all those that are listening. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. I know I'm encouraged after chatting with you. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Tricia. Okay, friends, don't you just love Katie? I love her heart. I love her passion. I love the grace that she gives to all of us. And I love the reminder that God knows who he created, that we are created for a unique purpose. Um, and today's walk it out verse is Romans eight twenty eight, And this is a familiar one, but I think it ties in perfectly with this. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And that really is my desire for us today to do realize that God has a purpose for us and all things, even our personalities, even our um, desire to do things will be for a purpose, but also that purpose will draw us closer to God because in the midst of our busyness, in the midst of our desire to perform, I pray that each of us will turn to the Savior who is there for us, who just wants to embrace us, who wants us to have that relationship with him. So let me just pray with you today. Dear God, I thank you so much for my friends. I thank you for those who are like me, who just want to get things done. And then you've put that in us, Lord. You've made us so we can be even sometimes high capacity people. But I pray, Lord, that even in the midst of our um, striving, our desire, our longing to do things, that we will remember that it's just not about getting things done. Yes, it's about serving you, but it's also about connecting with you. It's about loving you. It's about really reaching out to those in our homes, in our lives, in our community to share the good news. I pray that our hearts will be drawn to you and that you will help us every step of the way. I thank you for the good gifts that you've given us, and I pray that you'll continue to show us how to use them for your purpose. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, friend, I am so glad you're here. I just love that you take this time and just connect with me on Walk It Out. Won't you do me a favor? Tell a friend about this podcast. Uh, maybe there's an episode that especially encouraged you. Go ahead and go to trishagoyer.com and you'll see there the link for podcasts and just find the episode that you love the best. Share it with a friend. And then also, I would love to hear your thoughts. Tell me what episodes you love. Tell me who you'd love to hear from. You could always email me at hello at trishagoyer.com. I love hearing from my listeners and I love connecting with you. And I just hope that you will continue to be encouraged. And like um, Katie encouraged us today, that you will learn to walk out all God's calls you to do, but do it with grace. Thank you, friends. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.